I'm going to leave it there. there you go. <laughs> oh, please. Leave wanting more. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got a voice for telegraphs. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Q-Tips. We are the Video Store Junkies, and we are here once again to bring you some amazing selections to watch over the weekend. And we're just going to jump right into it, like we always do. And I'm going to kick this over to Paul. Oh, why, thank you, Renee. Um, my theme this week is apologies to Bill Mulligan. So, <laughs> Bill, wow. I know you've, you've talked about your, your your hatred of magicians before, have you not? How you feel no. they're all liars. I swear to God you have. We've got no, a tape somewhere. No. Oh, but I thought you said you hated magicians as well. No, I love Magicians. The Magician with Bill Bixby was one of my favorite TV shows. It only lasted for a season. Who do you confuse me with? <laughs> I don't know. The other Bill Mulligan, who I well, we'll have to dig that one up. Ah, okay, then, then never mind. But this is about <laughs> a magician. <laughs> this is the, the great Ricky Jay, and this was his television special, Ricky Jay and his 52 Assistants. It was directed by <laughs> David Mamet, of, of all, who was actually oh, a good friend wow. of Ricky Jay. Yeah. Mamet directed several of Ricky Jay's. Um, one man shows and this was a i think it was presented on pbs it's from 1996 you can watch it on youtube so it's ricky J, spelled j-a-y and his 52 assistants and hour-long presentation of his stage show now you're like oh stage show of magician it's like ricky J is he's a he's probably he's probably one of the world's best uh sleight of hand close-up magicians cards were absolutely his specialty hence the 50 assistants um but it's not just that it's his patter it is his presentation his his whole presence is just great in fact he he's a fantastic actor like he shows up in a ton of stuff as well just as an actor but this he's on stage doing his presentation i mean he will show you how you can defend yourself against a watermelon with a pack of cards and he, at one point in time, he did hold the world record for uh, how fast you can throw, fast and far you can throw a playing card. Um, but he's just amazing. Um, and again, it's directed by David Mamet, which is pretty wild. But apparently, they're really good friends. And uh, don't really have much to say about it except catch it on YouTube. And then you'll probably find yourself looking up a bunch of other Ricky J stuff on YouTube. Because, again, his pattern just makes it, mm. it, you know, it's there for distraction. But it's you want to be distracted by his patter. It's fantastic. So um, it's Ricky Jane is fifty two assistants and totally not assassins on YouTube, uh, directed by David Mamet. And speaking of people who apparently love magicians, um, and actually I thought about doing that Bill Bixby show by the way, Bill yeah. today, but I didn't. Um, I will pass this over to Bill Mulligan. Okay, yeah, like, I'm not nothing against magicians. They're not ventriloquists. Wow, <laughs> yeah. oh, they're they, honest living. Um, okay, so my my first pick is Queen of Blood from 1966, which you can find on Paramount Plus. So strap in. This one's weird. Um, Roger Corman would buy these Soviet films made in the 60s that you know were full of commie propaganda, but also really really nice special effects. Then he would strip out the special effects and completely remake them into movies that were sometimes the exact polar opposite of what the Soviets were doing. So they were getting a good dose of capitalism up close and personal. This, uh, he found a film called, I'm not even going to bother pronouncing its uh, Russian name, but it was uh, A Dream Come True, which is about, um, their, there's a contact from these aliens. 
they hear some music from Earth, so they come here, but then they crash land on Mars. So we go to Mars, um, and we find them, and we bring them back, and it's a happy ending, and it's really, really cool. So he took that and turned it into Queen of Blood, where we have astronauts going in space, and they hear a message of distress, and they go there and uh, find a survivor of this crash, and she turns out to be a vampire. So the exact opposite of, of the happy Soviet film. It's also pretty much the plot of Alien and director Curtis Harrington, who did a lot of cool stuff back then, has always insisted that they, you know, it was just a, Alien was just a greatly enhanced, expensive, elaborate remake of Queen of Blood. Uh, yeah, a little of that, a little It the Terror from Outer Space, sure, whatever, there's no new ideas out there. This is a fun film because, for one thing, it's got John Saxon, Basil Rathborn, Dennis Hopper, uh, you know, that that's pretty cool. Basil's clearly on the journey down, and Saxon and Hopper are on the journey up, so, you know, they managed to meet right at this point. Uh, Florence Marley plays the Queen of Blood, and she's completely iconic. But I gotta give full credit for how they were able to really do a good job of getting the great special effects into this cheap, 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 low-budget movie and not make it seem too obvious. They just did a fantastic job. But I remember as a kid watching this, as a child, before I even got into movie making as a concept, and wondering, what the hell? This movie looks so low budget, but boy, when they need some good special effects, they went all out. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's fun. It's it's kind of fun watching these little mishmash movies. Um, it's got Forrest J. Ackerman in it. It's, uh, it's just a, it's a neat little thing, and it, it's got a, an interesting ending solution to the problem of the Queen of Blood surprised me. And Florence Marley didn't do very much, but she was great in this. So there you go, and I will throw this off to Zach. Oh, thank you. Uh, no uh, no interesting segue there. I'm kind of disappointed. Um, Sorry. So, <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, you know, everyone on the show makes fun of me a little bit because oh. I always get hungry where we're recording this. People don't know this, but we record this, you know, kind of late at night, usually on a Monday. And afterwards, I always say, I got to go eat because I usually eat dinner late. And so uh, after we record, I'm, I'm rather hungry. And uh, my first recommendation this week is something that also makes me hungry. And the name of the show, this is a TV show, I should mention. It is, uh, I think the, I think it just aired or just finished airing the first season on Hulu uh, it's also on FX, but the name of the show is The Bear. And since apparently I'm really bad, I think, at explaining what shows are about, I'm just going to read you a description of this show. So uh, this is directly uh, from the, the plot synopsis or, uh, of the show is, Carmen Carmi Brazado, a young chef from the fine dining world, comes home to, Ch to Chicago to run his family sandwich shop after a heartbreaking death. And that's pretty much all the kind of setup that you need. But uh, I think this is kind of pitched, or I've heard people talk about it as a comedy. It, it, there, there are a lot of very, very funny moments in it. But I will say it's also uh, one of the most tense shows I have seen in recent memory. Uh, so I would recommend don't watch this show while you're hungry, because it will make you even hungrier. And don't watch this show while you're stressed out or when you're trying to relax because I made the mistake of watching a couple episodes before bed once and kept me up all night because I was like, oh, man, there's a lot of there's a lot of heat in that kitchen. Uh, lots of people lighting the cast and rightly so. Most of the people in this show I had never heard of or seen any, anything. 
And uh, I got to say, everyone's talking about uh, the, the name of the main actor is Jeremy Allen White, who plays Carmen. But uh, I also, there are a couple other actors in the show. But specifically, if you watch this, check out uh, Ayo. I think, I think it's pronounced Ayo Edabiri. I apologize. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. But uh, she plays a young chef who's actually kind of heard of, of Carmen, the main character. And she's come at, to work at this like little sandwich shop just because she wanted to work for him. And she's just phenomenal. Like she's one of those... It's one of those roles where I like just watching her in this makes me want to like see what she does next because she's so good. But anyways, uh, once again, the name of the show is The Bears. Or excuse me, just The Bear. Um, it's on Hulu. And uh, yeah, don't uh, don't watch it when you're hungry because, man, it'll it'll make your tummy rumble. And uh, speaking of uh, things that stress me out, uh, Renee, let's uh, go over to you for your first pick. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, hello. So I can tell you something, um, what not to watch. What not to watch <laughs> is a new movie on Shudder called The Reef Stalked. It was all right. It wasn't good, um, but it was okay. <laughs> but what it did do is make me enjoy this movie much more. This movie is called Sharkbait. And it is about a group of friends that are enjoying a weekend and then so they acquire some jet skis uh, and decide to go on a joyride. And they have a little bit of trouble while they're out in the open sea. And as the title implies, they're pretty much shark bait. Uh, I enjoyed this movie. There was a sense of realism that I really enjoyed. Like, you know, sometimes you, you see a shark movie and the swamp, the shark is in the swamp, and you're like, sharks aren't in swamps. But this movie, it it has. They did their research on sharks. <laughs> That's all I know. Anyway, terrible. Uh, what am I trying to say? I'm I'm not doing a great job of selling this movie. But it's called Shark Bait, and it's available on Tubi and Hoopla, but mostly Tubi. Hey, you know what? At least your movie actually has you know, the promised shark, whereas I'm pretty sure the bear doesn't have any bears at all. <laughs> I could be uh, wrong. Te technically, te I'm not going to spoil anything, but uh, you oh. you were you were only 50% wrong. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> put it that way. I don't know if I want to see 50% of a bear. Mm. Uh, Sounds like he had an encounter with a shark. No. I'm going to cut all that out. All right, so I'm going to pass this <laughs> over to... <laughs> To Paul. <laughs> Thanks, Renee. Well, I do want to second uh, your 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 non recommendation of the reef stalked, which was a great <laughs> great disappointment, and your recommendation of shark bait, which was a big surprise because it's a Tubi original and yeah. it just Ooh. and yeah, I know it was. We were like, wow, this is like good. Yeah. <laughs> it was surprisingly enjoyable and surprisingly good. So, um, but I'm not going to be talking about sharks. Um, and again, this, this, the original theme was apologies to Bill Mulligan. And, and yeah. you said you, you, you said you claim you, you didn't, didn't hate magicians. I still got to dig up that clip, but yeah, yeah, um, good luck. I say a lot of things you hate, you hate, in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> you said you, you do hate a ventriloquist. So oh, I kind of yeah, got both passion. on this one. How about a, a oh, God. ventriloquist that does magic? Yes. It's magic from 1978, um, oh. written by William Goldman based on his, his novel of the same name. And directed by Richard Attenborough, it stars Anthony Hopkins as Corky, a rising uh, magician slash ventriloquist. And um, 
Burgess Meredith is his agent, and Anne Margaret is his his I guess a uh, old crush from high school. Anthony Hopkins also plays Corky's puppet, Ra uh, Fats, which has got to be the largest and ugliest ventriloquist doll you ever seen. And no, it's no not to insult Anthony Hopkins, but it looks like a big ugly wooden version of Anthony Hopkins. Very very creepy doll. In the late 70s, it was featured on, on the TV ad that apparently was got banned because parents complained it was too terrifying, and it was scared yeah. the shit out yeah. of them. It's just this puppet, the puppet sitting there, and, <laughs> and Anthony Hopkins doing Fats's voice as Abracadabra, I sit on his knee, presto changeo, and then he is me. Hocus pocus, we take her to bed. Magic is fun. We're dead. And then, like his eyes roll up into his head, and then the the yeah. the void the announcer does think about you know uh, like coming from you know it's a, a a magic a terrifying love story, and then Fats opens his eyes and like looks left to right. It's just it's creepy as fuck, and it's oh, it's yeah. really good. It's really well done. It's it is it's a psychological horror film, drama, suspense, romance. Believe it or not, um, tragedy. Uh, I just actually I just read the book this weekend, which was written by uh, William Goldman, which was what kind of uh, got me to recommend it. And it's kind of neat because it's very close to he, he when he wrote the screenplay, he stuck very close to uh, his his novel. Um, so I did have a hard time when I was reading it. I kept picturing Anthony Hopkins and Margaret and Burgess Meredith in it. But uh, yeah, Magic, nineteen seventy eight. It's a, it's a great little thriller. Oh, I should tell you where it's playing. Why it's playing just about everywhere. Plex, Tubi, <laughs> Canopy with a K, Crackle, Popcorn Flicks, Roku Channel, and I think there's a couple of subscription places it can also be found as well. So that's Magic from 1978 by uh, writer William Goldman, directed by the great Richard Attenborough. And uh, speaking of ventriloquist puppets who yeah. or people who hate them, it's Bill Mulligan. Well, I thank you. Uh, yeah, I'll second that. That was a terrifying ad. That and the Suspiria ad was a definite one-two punch from that era. And, and also, uh, just, uh, okay, the problem with magic, magic is good on a lot of things. It has the basic problem that a lot of ventriloquist movies have, which is that when you see the act, at no point do you believe this act would be successful. Because he's not <laughs> funny. He's terrifying. The jokes aren't funny. The audience would, would burn the theater down and run this guy out of town on a rail. But instead, I, they I, laugh. I do I do have to admit that you're like, wow. Maybe, you know, I was, I was only like 10, 11 when this came out. Maybe adults in the '70s had, you know, lower standards when it came to <laughs> to, to humor, because because Fats. Well, part of it was, you know, he was he was kind of an X-rated puppet. He would yeah. say naughty things, and I know that but they was still weren't popular. funny. They weren't funny. No, no, they... no, he he was it was uh, he was it, yeah. But it, just that yeah. part, you got to suspend your disbelief. Um, otherwise, it, it's really kind of neat yeah. because it's it's kind of open-ended in terms of what's going on as well, um, and. I think you can take it however yeah. you want with it too, which is kind of fun. So yeah, but yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I I do recommend that film. It's a it's a good ventriloquist movie. Here's a movie that's not good, and and I have no one <laughs> to blame but myself because I actually recommended this for decades of horror, and I'm going to take my lumps when we have to review this disaster. Uh, it's Star Crash from 1978. Um, Star Wars had come out. Oh, by the way, it's on Apple. You can pay for it to watch it on Apple, or you can watch it for free on Netflix with Mystery Science Theater 3000. And trust me, that's the way to go. Because otherwise you're going to have to supply your own 
amusing commentary to this disaster. Uh, it's got Carolyn Monroe, who's beautiful. And if this were the only film that you saw her in, you'd say, well, she is a lovely woman who cannot act at all in any way, shape, or form. And I don't think that's true, because I've seen her in other movies, and I liked her a lot. She was fine. Uh, but this this is oh, this movie. It also stars Marjo Gortner, who's terrible. Um, it's got David Hasselhoff, who really, I know a young David Hasselhoff. He looks like he's twelve years old with a big old chia pet of hair, not as big as Marjo Gortner's chia pet hair. Um, and it's got oh Joe Spinell, all right, the guy, the maniac, the the guy who played Willie Chichi in, in Godfather chewing up the scenery to a degree that you cannot even imagine as this cape-wearing, literally mustache-twirling villain. It's got Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer is in this movie, and, and he's great in it because, uh, you know, he's so clearly outclassing everybody there. He's acting his heart out. I mean, really, at the very end, they give him, like, a, a three minutes on screen where he goes into this soliloquy that sounds like Shakespeare, if Shakespeare were really badly written. But it doesn't matter. He is delivering it like like it is it is Henry the Fourth. Um, so why is he in this dud? And he's got the greatest quote from this movie: "Give me Rome any day. I'll do porno in Rome as long as I can get to Rome. Getting to Rome was the greatest thing that happened in that in this movie for me. I think it was only about three days in Rome on that one. It was all shot at once." Uh, that was it. He, he strictly took it for a paycheck and a plane ticket to Rome. So, uh, okay, so this movie was uh, to cash in on Star Wars. Star Wars is not a big budget movie, but boy, it was it was Cleopatra compared to what they had to spend on Star Crash. Actually, that's not true. Star Crash supposedly cost $4 million, American dollars, I, uh, which is about half of what Star Wars cost. You have never seen stop motion animation as bad as the stuff you'll see in this. It's like, wow, if you can't get Ray Harryhausen or Jim Danforth, do not do stop motion animation. These things look like clay mixed with tinfoil. Uh, awful, awful special special effects. A robot with a southern accent. Um, characters that make no sense. Marjo Gortner plays an alien who, whenever they need him to do something, he just, I guess he's an alien. They never explain, but he's got powers. Lots of powers. Never explain why he can do anything. Yeah. Um, well, did, did, wasn't Marjorie Gortner, like, originally a faith healer? Marjorie Gortner. Marjorie Gortner, if yeah. you want to see his best stuff, uh, watch the movie, the documentary Marjo. Because when he was, like, a little kid, his horrifying parents decided to make him a televangelist. And he would get out there. I mean, he was, like, eight years old. An eight-year-old kid with blonde, cupy hair running around talking about hellfire and brimstone. And they were making money hand over fist. And eventually uh, his dad ran off with the money, like $3 million, which kind of burned Marjo on the whole idea. And then he needed some money, so he came back as an adult and did the circuit again. But he invited a bunch of uh, filmmakers to go with him so they could watch him scamming these people. It's kind of admirable because when it was, <laughs> yeah, when it was over, that was the end of his career as a televangelist. And then he decided to go into acting because he figured, man, if I could make these idiots believe it, I could, I could act and anything. Now, he's terrible in this movie, but I don't know if that's fair to him because everyone except Christopher Plummer is terrible in this movie. This, this, uh, just type it into YouTube and you'll see. Here's the worst part of Star Crash. 
which is debatable. There's so many worse parts, but the <laughs> acting, the acting is so, so, so terrible. It tries to be like a, a, a serial, like, you know, old fashioned thing. It's got pretty colors and lots of effects and uh, she changes costume sometimes halfway through a scene and then back to the original costume. It's one of those movies that clearly kept running out of money and then they would bite everyone back but forgot what they were wearing. It's terrible. Watch the Mystery Science Theater 3000 version. It's the only way you're going to get through it. And yet th this film was picked as one of the, um, by Rolling Stone, as one of the 50 best sci-fi films of the 1970s. What? What? Why anyone <laughs> listens to Rolling Stone for anything is beyond me. Um, yeah. So uh, there you go. And let's see. Uh, speaking of bad actors who uh, make <laughs> you miserable when you watch them, here's Zach. Is that okay? Is, is that was that, no, that make you happy? That's good. That's actually okay. that's actually probably the most accurate segue we've ever had on the show. So I'll take it. <laughs> Um, no, uh, so, you know, I mentioned in my first pick that, uh, the bear stresses me out. It's a great show. I love it, but it genuinely kind of stressed me out, especially watching some of those kitchen scenes. So for my next pick, I need something to kind of like chill out with. Okay. I need, I need something to, to mellow me out and what better way to relax than with the best-selling instrumental artist of all time, a man who has sold over 75 million albums worldwide over the course of his career you guys know who i'm talking about zomfir uh, <laughs> no might no. think alike bill yeah. no i i gotta say when when i need to relax you're gonna find me listening to kenny g which is coincidentally the name of my my next pick uh it is the hbo music box original documentary listening to kenny g and it's all about kenny g and his music and most importantly, though, it's about some of his detractors because they they follow Kenny around. It's I guess they got some access to him, so they interview him. They follow him around a little bit. They talk about his career. Uh, I knew nothing about Kenny G before this, other than like most of his detractors who were on the in the documentary, and uh, most people probably listening to this. You know, you you kind of associate his music with doctors' offices and maybe mm -hmm. elevators, and I think they even mentioned that in the documentary. Uh, it was it was entertaining though because it's Kenny G. I, I you know I, I not knowing anything about him. I don't know if it was just for the movie or if this is actually how he is. But he's actually seemed uh, pretty down to earth and self effacing, and uh, it was kind of an interesting look into his career and how he's been so successful. And you know I came out of it thinking you know even if I don't enjoy his music, it was definitely a very informative look at one of the most successful musicians of our time. So, once again, the movie is Listening to Kenny G. You can find that on HBO Max. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe it'll give you a new respect, uh, if, if not uh, appreciation, for the man himself. And uh, speaking of uh, smooth background noise, <laughs> um, <laughs> Renee, <laughs> I got nothing. Renee, what's... What, What's what's your what's your next pick? What what do you oh. what movie do you like to relax with? Well, it's funny you mention that because this is a movie I would relax with actually. Um, I I I'm I think my brain is still a little bit rattled over your suggestion, and I feel like it's one of those things where 
like the TV like auto played to the next show and you couldn't reach the remote and you're like, I'll just watch it. And then it ended up being good. Well, um, I actually, let me say this is, I'll do a shout out, even though he doesn't listen to the show. This was a recommendation to me uh, from my little brother. He actually oh. recommended this one. So uh, <laughs> Eli, I know you don't listen to the show, but if for somehow you end up hearing this, uh, thank you for that, that recommendation. Yeah. And thanks for listening this far into the podcast, Eli. <laughs> And you should watch my next recommendation. <laughs> so uh, this poor lady, oh my goodness, she's just got, it seems like nothing in her life is really going right. Her, She's living with her mom. She has a job that she doesn't really like. Her boss is a dick. It's just, you know, things just aren't going the way that she really wants. But luckily, she has a best friend and she has a hobby. And she really loves her hobby. And that hobby is collecting dolls. And she streams. She has a live stream. I can hear Paul giggling in the background because he knows what I'm going to recommend. Um, <laughs> so she live streams these super awesome shows about her dolls. And it's pretty much the story about, um, you know, basically this, this gal. Her name is Sybil. Sybil Pittman. And... It's, it's pretty much her story and, you know, just how she's kind of dealing with things and, and the dolls that she is bringing into her life and, and all of the interactions that she has. <laughs> and this show, also I should mention, it is a full moon feature. Uh, anyway, this show is available on Tubi, surprise, surprise, and Pluto. So that's my recommendation. I didn't tell you the name of it. It's called Baby Oopsie. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I had to wait. I had to pause for uh, dramatic effect and for applause. Um, Yay! Yeah, Baby Oopsie, available on Tubi and Pluto. It's fun. You should watch it. It's not very, I mean, it's an hour and 20 minutes. It's not terribly long. I want a second Baby Oopsie. Now, it's, it's technically a, a sequel to uh, Demonic Toys, but you don't need to have seen any of the Demonic Toys movies or any of those to really get uh, Baby Oopsie. And it's it's actually kind of a nice return to form for for Full Moon, you know they they kind of mired themselves down into endless endless evil bong uh, sequels, which which are something in their own set. But this is this I think is a I have to say it it, it it's a nice return to form for them. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes I feel bad for people because now like I'm going last more often. It's like oh, I'm leaving you on this one. But then again, I don't know how many people get this far. Well, they obviously stick around because they wouldn't hear me sing. Oh, that's a good point. That's true. And by the way, I have a song unless somebody else has one. Oh, I, I was actually going to sing for this episode. Oh. Is that okay? Uh, are you going to sing Kenny G? Oh, you ruined the joke. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you ruined the joke, so now you get to Way sing to go, Paul. Paul. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I don't know. It's uh, so since I did magic, th I'm gonna do magic to do from from Pippin. Join. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Join us. Leave your fields to flower. Join us. Leave your cheeks sour. Join us. Come and waste an hour. For the weekend of August 5th, Bill recommended Queen of Blood, available on Paramount Plus, Prime Video, Epics, and Plex, and Star Crash, available on Vudu, 
Tubi, Pluto TV, Plex, and Netflix. Paul recommended Ricky Jay and his 52 assistants available on YouTube and Magic. Available on the Roku channel, Tubi, Canopy, Crackle, and Plex. Zachary recommended The Bear, available on Hulu, and Listening to Kenny G, available on HBO Max. I recommended Sharkbait, available on Tubi and Hoopla, and Baby Oopsie, available on Tubi and Pluto TV.